Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Morning, and welcome to Conversations Against Living Miserably a podcast where we try to find solace in a world where our brains are usually against us. My name is Aaron Gillis, I'm a mental health author, and each week I'll be joined by... Me, Lauren Patterson, an award-winning stand-up comedian, and an award-losing stand-up comedian as well, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Just for balance. Each episode, we speak to a different guest and talk about their stories, their experiences and their lives as they fight against living miserably but we'll try to have a laugh with it because on the surface, that sounds like a pretty fucking bleak idea for a podcast. (laughs) This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the campaign against living miserably. We hope you can take something from this podcast away with you into your day-to-day life. Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things get better. Today's guest is Laura Lex. Laura is a stand-up comedian who you may know from her appearance on Live at the Apollo. Her latest show, Trying, received incredible reviews and challenged stigmas by laughing in the face of things people are too afraid to talk about. Today we talk to Laura about relationships, worst-case scenarios, and finding peace in an allotment. Anyway, I'll shut up and let's go for it. Laura, Laura Lex. Oh, oh and she spilled oh, tea everywhere. It immediately it's, it's going just punched so the well. microphone with a This is what happens when tea. you put three oh. anxious people in a room together. <laughs> <laughs> I just spilled coffee on myself as well. This is a nightmare. Well, you'd be pleased to know, listeners, my tea is... I'm going to spill it now, aren't I? No, my tea is safe, but too hot to drink, so I'm going to put it straight back down. <laughs> Uh, but no, welcome to the show. Hi, thank, thank you so you much for, for coming. Me. I'll try not to ruin any more of the equipment. Oh, it's absolutely here. fine. Don't worry. 
so we'll ask you the same question we ask everyone else, first of all. When was the last time you felt calm? Um, Such a good question. It throws everyone. It is, actually, isn't it? We were just talking about that earlier. I literally had this conversation with my husband this morning about relaxing and how I needed to learn how to relax. I don't know. When was the last time I felt calm? Um... Oh, that's really bad, isn't it? If you can't remember <laughs> the last time. There's either a, an easy answer to that question or it causes an existential crisis. Yeah. The only two ways around it. I'm trying to run over my head. Like, I've had some downtime in the last week, but the problem at the moment is I've got so many things that I need to tick off that even when I'm sat doing nothing, half my brain is sort of wondering if I should be doing something. Yeah. Um, I never wake up calm. I always wake up very panicked. Another day um, of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I think when I get overheated, I tend to get quite panicky, so I often wake up like really, uh, 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 don't like it. Um, when was I last calm? The, the afternoon I'm sort of running back to, I suppose, Sunday afternoon I had a bit of a cold, and so I'd, I'd had to pull the gig I was meant to be doing that evening, and so my husband and some friends that we were seeing that day were like, oh, cool, you're free to come to the cinema with us then to see whatever's happening in the Marvel universe <laughs> this week. And and I actually, for once in my life, went, no, I'm not going to come. You guys go without me. And I just went home for two hours nice. and watched, like, half a film. And this is so clichéd, but I painted my nails. And I never bother with painting my nails. <laughs> I'm not that interested in it. And I did some of my cross-stitch. And then they rang me when they were finished with the film and I went back round and mm -hmm. we sat. So I guess that maybe because I didn't That's have nice. that fear yeah. of missing out feeling that I would normally get if I said no to doing something. It's very much on your own terms. It's yeah. my evening. But that was quite nice. That's just taking time for yourself, going, I love spending time with people, I love spending time with you lot, but I do actually just need two hours where my mind is completely doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, like, yeah. Resetting almost. And you know sometimes when you, like, Especially with a career like this, where it's not like I'm a surgeon. So whenever I say I'm stressed or tired or anything, I think, yeah, but put it in perspective. <laughs> but it would be that thing of if I had gone to the cinema with them, I'd still have had downtime because you cannot in any way claim that going to the cinema mm -hmm. is a stressful situation. But I wouldn't have enjoyed that two hours particularly. But I also wouldn't have given myself credit for going, well, that was just another two hours where you weren't doing something you particularly wanted mm -hmm. to do. But it's really hard, I think, well, I find it really hard to be on my own. So saying no to mm -hmm. someone, like, no, thank you, I elect alone time, <laughs> is like... I was going to say, are you one of these people who feels like you have to say yes to things? Because yeah. people think I'm rude if I say no, and people will think, so I'll just... And then you're sat somewhere you don't want to be, like, why? Why am I, I... I like all these people, and I like these surroundings, but I want to be anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, I really struggle with hobbies and stuff. I'm not great mm -hmm. at entertaining myself. <laughs> My main interest is other people. So I'd always pick whatever other people were doing over something I was more interested in the activity but by myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because I'm, I'm very much the same. I find it really difficult to have hobbies. Mm. So I just work. Yeah. Like I throw myself <laughs> into work or do things yeah. that I would constitute as work or write terrible ideas that could become work but are just <laughs> terrible ideas. So... Yeah, I just can't... Hobbies have never been hobbies a thing of Hobbies are such a commitment, aren't they? Like, you have to find something that you enjoy. That's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first obstacle limiting. straight away. I'm yeah. like, oh, a hobby has to be something fun that I like doing. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm quite, like... I don't know if it's an anxiety brain thing, but 
become quite obsessive about things quite easily. Mm -hmm. So I get a hobby and it's a lovely hobby. And then the next thing I know, I've turned it into goals for the year or whatever. So like last year I got an allotment as part of like a rehabilitation from a, a sort of particularly hard bout of depression so I got this allotment and I was like I'm going to do some gardening because I thought that will be really good because there's not a screen it's nothing to do with comedy like and instantly my brain went I wonder if there's an Edinburgh show in this (laughs) no there isn't and then this year I've been particularly busy over this like early spring period Mm -hmm. so I'm a bit behind in getting seeds in and stuff and then every time I post any of my seeds and stuff on Instagram somebody will do a quick tip if you put these in in autumn and I just want to go oh my god yeah (laughs) sure they would have been better if I'd done them but I'm not trying to be the best gardener in the world. I just want to play in some mud for a bit. Like I literally just want no learning or goals mm-hmm. or achievements or aims. I just want to faff about yeah. outside for two hours. I do think it's an anxiety thing yep. to turn hobbies into another obsession because I feel like your rational part of your brain is like, this is a fun thing for us to enjoy. But then that anxiety part of your brain, which is the part that always wins, is like, how can we turn this against you? How yeah. can we How can we make this something that consumes all your time? So I did it with crafting. Right. <laughs> I, I decided that I was going to make for Matt for our one-year anniversary. Matt is my boyfriend. Um, I was going to make like a scrapbook kind of thing with tickets. And I went through and like screenshotted texts and things. And I was like, fun little... I have made a lever arch file. I shit you not. It is like it is like a phone book. It is massive because I just became obsessed with making it the best thing I could and yeah. do and it's like I can't have a hobby for enjoyment because I'm like it's it's I treat it the same as my career. I'm like, no, but I'm, I need to be good at it. Yeah. I need to be and I presented it to Matt on our like one year anniversary and it like practically broke the table when I put it down. He was like, <laughs> What is this? I was like, it's every text we've ever sent each other plus some cinema tickets and also a drawing I did and he was like, oh, Wow. Wow And I was like, yeah. I don't think I can have hobbies, no. Because no. I just no. turn it into yeah. It's Something going from cute to serial killer quite quickly there, isn't it, really? Very much so. <laughs> it's difficult. I do that with the allotment because, like, you know, there's a waiting list for these things. Mm-hmm. So I sort of sit there thinking, am I wasting this? Am I blocking this space up? It could be for some <laughs> person that's been... Uh, and at some point, you do just have to sort of go, oh, God, it's fine. It's a 10-foot by 10-foot patch of mud <laughs> on the outskirts of Brighton. Mm. No one cares. It's just <laughs> no be- one cares. It's beautiful how rare our brains let us do that. It's actually mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Because even yeah. the littlest thing, like I tried colouring books, adult colouring books. Oh. Tried, failed. <laughs> because I thought therapeutic, just put some music on and watch. And I got mm-hmm. one thing out of the line. And my brain yeah. is just like, you fucking fail at everything, don't you? Mm-hmm. Can't even do a colouring book, right? <laughs> and it's just like, oh. And it's just like, you do need that moment. Where you just kind of go, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. No one's going to perish from this. <laughs> we will be okay. No. I used to have a mantra with that, which like, trying to like get my head around quite how privileged I am but not have that be a negative thing you know like mm-hmm. I think is it Matt Haig that wrote really oh, well yeah. that you uh-huh. um even if you're the most privileged person in the world your brain is set up evolutionary wise to look for the next thing that's a problem for you yeah. mm-hmm. so even if you've got everything you could ever want you can't say to yourself but I've got everything I ever want why am I worried mm-hmm. that's natural, natural that your brain's doing that but I used to try and tell myself that like I'm a lucky lucky person in that my family I've got a big family we're very tight so rock bottom for my entire life like even if everything went wrong and I'm a heroin addict who spent everything mm-hmm. the worst that happens is I have to move back in with my parents or yeah. my sister 
or, you know, I would have to pretty much commit mass murder before <laughs> everyone I knew would turn their back on me. Uh-huh. So there was that, like, really weird rock-bottom mantra of being like, look, what's the worst that could ever happen in your existence, uh-huh. bearing in mind everything that you've got, just you were just lucky enough to be born into. Mm. And that was weirdly my, like, <laughs> my everything's going to be okay because even if I'm hooked on crack, yeah. <laughs> all that will happen is I'll get told <laughs> off by my mum. <laughs> we are allowed to be worried, regardless of your situations and regardless of your privilege because like you say it's an evolutionary default that we always our brains are always looking for the worst case scenario yeah. that we can mm-hmm. deal with it and you're allowed to be selfish because the amount of could ifs what ifs and all those kind of this is happening to somebody else then you're taking your mind away from looking after you and you're the only person that's going to look after you if you are too busy worrying about everything else your body and your mind starts to deteriorate because mm-hmm. you're not giving it the love that you need yeah. to so you're allowed to be selfish when it comes to your mental health i i really do think regardless of where you are in life you mm. can just kind of go yep i'm going to take 15 minutes for me today and i'm going to sit on my allotment and yeah. scream at the plants and that <laughs> yeah. is my piece for today because it's hard to do isn't it because you don't see the effects of overworking a brain muscle like if if somebody had a physical job you can really see RSI or exhaustion Mm -hmm. in body muscles Mm -hmm. but when you do have a job where it's your brain constantly ticking over even though on the surface of it it looks like you do the most superficial job in the world if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is quickly look at your emails Mm -hmm. and then you're mulling over your emails while you put the kettle on and then you get in the shower and you just check them again before you get in the car and drive to work and then you sort of spend two Mm -hmm. hours trying to write something or putting in a pitch and then you go for a meeting and then you sit on the train home and you know, I don't know why you've just driven to work and then got the train home, you've left <laughs> your car know, somewhere because you're so distracted. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> you, can't, you can't see the overworking of that muscle. You can't see the lactic acid build up in the, in the thought processes or the synapses. So it's very easy to forget that even though maybe you're not thinking about ways to save the world and all the important things in the world, you are still tired in the same yeah. way that your arm gets tired, whether it's being a surgeon or a checkout cashier like mm-hmm. either one of those jobs has the same effect on the muscle and I think it's very easy to be like oh but I shouldn't be this stressed I'm, I'm just a lonely clown like mm. I've got no and then it builds and builds and builds and then suddenly your brain's falling apart and you're like oh I should have recognised those signs so much yeah. earlier but we're quite harsh on ourselves I think a lot of the time and that's a big part of the problem too too strict on ourselves. It's a self-employment thing, isn't it? Because it's exhausting because it all comes down to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, this is what me and Tom, my husband, we were talking about this morning, was that, so I've been really busy for a couple of months and it's really starting to take its toll now and I'm just tired all the time and I'm, I've stopped enjoying things as much as I was because I'm just getting through each, like literally get up and go, what have I got to do today? And these are things that I should be really excited to be doing. (laughs) And instead, I'm just ticking them off. So I made the decision that from now on, I I don't gig on Mondays anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm just never booking anything in on a Monday again. And I sort of said this to Tom a couple of months ago. I was like, I'm going to have Mondays off like every week. You know, and, and it was weird that this was such a revolutionary <laughs> idea that I would have a day a week off. And then the other day we were sort of talking about it and I was like, you know, because I'll have Mondays to write on from now on, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he just stopped and went, so this has gone from a day off to a day working from home <laughs> yeah. pretty quickly. Like, should we look at two days where you don't gig? Uh-huh. One day to have off yeah. and one day to, to be a writing home. at home. And it was like, oh, yeah, I really quickly did that. <laughs> just <went. laughs> But when you have got a brain that is so predisposed to making you think that you need to be working all the time, that time off, then you feel guilty the entire time Mm -hmm. you're relaxing. And you just kind of like, 
I should be doing something. I'm sure I've forgotten something. <laughs> like there's something going on in the background that I'm not paying attention to. And that's where, for me, I, that sense of relaxation is just really difficult because it yeah. always feels like there's something more important than relaxing that needs Absolutely. to be happening. I make sort of plans to relax. I sort of will schedule in exercise mm. or like schedule in going to the garden centre or something or going up to the allotment. And sometimes if I can, like physically leave my phone at home so that 4G can't come with me mm -hmm. to where I'm going or something like that. Like sometimes that's easy. But I do think also as much as you can sort of say to yourself, oh, I have this brain that won't let me relax. Sometimes you've got to sort of teach yourself to override Completely. that, I think, mm -hmm. and say, well, do you think the reason you struggle to relax is you're constantly looking at quite a bright light with loads of words <laughs> floating past it? Like, if you keep adding stimulus to your brain, your brain will keep dealing with that stimulus. So maybe you have got to find ways to not have stimulus for a bit. Mm -hmm. And that's that, I think, I really think that linguistic stimulus and, and phones and information is addictive. I think oh, yeah. it's, it's a chemical addiction to constantly need mm -hmm. input. Mm -hmm. You mentioned um, exercise. You, you've got a personal trainer now. Have you still got them? Mm -hmm. Or her? Mm -hmm. Do you think that's, do you think that's had like a good effect on your mental health? Yeah. yeah. I think it really has. That's the, It's such a hard thing to advise, I think, because... I really have to remind myself how lucky I am to be able to afford it, 100%. which is a really, you know, when you're like, oh, it's the best thing I did, but I totally get that it just is out of reach Not for, for, for people. But it's exactly what you say. It's the being able to switch my brain off for it. So mm -hmm. the appointment's made. I don't have to muster the enthusiasm to go because I have to go, otherwise I, I let someone it, yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, I paid for it. And then when I get there, like, I am so lucky with my trainer and I will recommend her until my dying day because mm -hmm. she she will deal with me in whatever state I walk into that <laughs> gym in. So I've walked in on days like, you know, where I'm like, woo, push me, like I'm, I'm nailing this today. Uh -huh. And I walked in before and been in floods of tears and we've just done yoga for an hour because uh -huh. I've said to her, like, I can't stop crying, mm -hmm. but you just are going to have to ignore this because... But if I'm in time with a dog, <laughs> no one will see me crying. Exactly. <laughs> but it's such a nice brain thing to not have to cancel because it's so exhausting. When you have anxiety or depression and, and some days a week you are just in tears and stuff, you have to be so creative to come up with reasons for cancelling the things you're meant to be doing without telling anyone that mm -hmm. it's because you're jittering and you're nervous so to have a few things in your life where it's all right to turn up and they won't go oh let's sit down then and look at each other mm -hmm. they'll go cool do you want to just carry on and you go yeah <laughs> let's just carry on as Pick if I'm not doing this now. <laughs> I love that I remember the first time I had to pull a gig because well I, I the first time I was honest about pulling a gig because of anxiety mm -hmm. and I was booked to do a bring your own baby gig for Carly Smallman mm -hmm. and I I can't conceive at the moment is like a, a big thing that I'm dealing with in terms of depression and anxiety. And I don't know why I'd put it in my diary. I think my brain at the time of booking had gone, you'll be okay to deal with this sort of stuff by then. Mm -hmm. It'll only take two months to get over the fact you're never going to have biological children. <laughs> don't worry about it. And then I got to sort of a week before this gig and it was just giving me palpitations. Mm -hmm. And I just was able to just email Carly and go, I can't come because I'm so fucking jealous of people with babies mm -hmm. and people with families that it's my worst nightmare to walk into a room with 60 women 
all sat there with babies. Yeah. So I'm not going to do this gig. And she just emailed me right back and went, of course, babe. Why on earth? And, oh, the... It was a horrible situation, but same with being able to turn up at the gym and go, I'm anxious today, so I'm crying, to just go, I feel like this, so I'm crying and I'm not coming. It's so much nicer than having to f- f- make up some pseudo email going, I've double booked myself. Like, nobody double books themselves at midday on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That's quite clearly a lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just so nice to be honest about it every now and again. It's just lovely that in this time, like now that the conversation around these subjects has become wider, that more people are understanding and you can just be honest. A little bit, and, yeah. And just kind of, I, I can be honest with my bosses and that's very lucky. I've been in jobs where I couldn't be honest and I had to, once again, lie about why I couldn't come into work. The amount of times that I uh, kind of sprained my ankle yeah. or had the flu or like, I must have gone through about 1,700 grandmas at one point. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, because you are, you don't want to bring that up because you feel like it's going to lead to another conversation. Yeah. It's a thing of self-care you're being honest with another human being about something that you probably haven't been honest with yourself about for a long period of your life and you're going I can't do this because of this and I'm going to look after myself by not doing it that is what I'm going to treat myself today I'm going to look after myself physically sick you would feel no well probably little to no um, guilt for ringing up work and saying I've hurt my I've, I've broke my leg I've banged my head I've got a cold I've got a kidney infection you'd feel no guilt ringing up and cancelling but I feel like because it's your brain and nobody can physically see, it's almost like, well, no one's going to believe me. No one's going to believe me if I ring up. And I, I'm the same. The amount of excuses I've made. I remember the one time I was honest and I was like, I am sat in the train station crying. I was like, I am sobbing. Uh, good job it's London. No one's looking at me. Um, <laughs> but I was like, absolutely. I was just couldn't do it. And the promoter replied and went, just get on the train. It's not hard. And I was like but it is it is and I thought either courage it's taken me mm. to not lie to you because I thought yeah. I had a not dead good friends with this person but I thought I've got enough of a rapport with you that I can be honest and tell you I'm struggling I, I don't want to sit on a train for two hours to come make people laugh when I, I, ju- I need to look mm-hmm. after and I just felt so shot down and I replied and I was like I've missed the train I'm not coming and I hadn't missed the train I just turned back round and I was like how dare you I have opened my little heart to you <laughs> and you have told me just to get on the train no that is not how this works but then I felt like just that one thing pushed his five steps back because I was like well now mm. next time I feel like this I'm not going to be able to have that sort of I don't want to say courage because I'm not going to have that ability within myself to be like hey I'm going to be honest I'm having a really bad mental health mm. day can't come now I'm going to be like my dog that I don't have has got cancer yeah, that's why I can't come. <laughs> was that the first thing you went to out of those, don't know. everything in the I world? Think it's because I really want a dog and don't want the dog I have <laughs> to end up having cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that was. Couldn't be like, oh, something's happened to your mother. No, yeah. imaginary dog. Imaginary dog, yeah. <laughs> it's ill. Yep, the music faded in, so that means it must be time for some adverts. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's quite enough of that. Let's get back to the show. You had, you have a yeah, I just yeah. yeah. How did you find it? Like a mixed bag, I think. Mm-hmm. Some bits of it really good. Uh-huh. Some bits of it, but I was just like, well, that no, that's never going to work. Mm-hmm. Like um, there was some really good phrases in there that really helped me out. Some really, really clear ways of explaining some stuff that I just went, ah, oh, yeah, obviously, mm-hmm. and then. There'd be days, like, I do remember one day, so um, I, I have real control issues and, I, and I'm really terrible when things are about to change. So I think it's quite common, mm-hmm. but just like the, the thought of change or if I can't quite clearly plan how things are going to be, I'm a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was having, uh, they're now starting to call it eco-anxiety. It's becoming mm-hmm. a bit more well-known but basically I was obsessed with climate change and we were trying to sort of pull that back to what that was and so she said oh the way we're going to do that is start to break down some of the minor controls you have Mm because she explained it in a really clear way to me she said it's a bit like an allergy to uncertainty is what you have so you really hate uncertainty so you've blocked all uncertainty out of your life you've Mm -hmm. become so obsessed with controlling everything that there's no uncertainty left so think of it like a pollen allergy if you live in a vacuum in a sterile environment you're absolutely fine and then one tiny bit of pollen comes in and you're knackered from it and that's Mm -hmm. why you keep getting confronted with change and just melting Mm -hmm. down completely and so she said so we've got to start building some controlled uncertainty back into your life so that you build up resistance to it and one of the first things she recommended because i was obsessed if i had travel plans which obviously doing this i had yeah. travel plans every <laughs> single day so i would you know if i had to book a train to go up to london i live in brighton it's an hour's journey i'd book the train the week before and i would check that train journey 14 times a day mm-hmm. in the build-up to leaving on it and then the day before you know 20 30 times a day just double checking it double checking my tickets and she said to me so you know maybe we need to build some uncertainty back into that so you know maybe next time you need to go to a gig on the train don't pre-book your ticket just rock up no. to the station no, at, thank you. and oh, see what time the next train's leaving <laughs> and i did that i just sat there and i just sat looking at her going you're madder than i am <laughs> my like, heart is genuinely yeah. exactly increased at the thought of that no that's really gross oh. yeah horrible idea and I was sort of sitting there thinking like (laughs) okay maybe I haven't completely lost my grip on my sanity because yeah I recognise that my behaviour is not right like maybe (laughs) I should be able to book the train ticket two weeks before and then forget that journey Mm -hmm. 
but you're mad. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but some bits of it, I think some bits of CBT, because it's practical, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that thing of, you know, like the stereotypical sitcom therapy where you find out why it was your mum and dad's fault. That <laughs> yeah. Everything's. I didn't really want to do that. And, and I was so aware that my depression and anxiety got so much worse after everything in my life got better like I knew I didn't really have any problems mm-hmm. and I think that's why climate change was the thing that I became obsessed with was because my career was picking up mm-hmm. and going brilliantly I couldn't be in a more supportive loving relationship financially I'm very comfortable creatively everything was flying and so I think my brain hooked onto something that I absolutely couldn't control mm-hmm. to be the thing that I was worried about so I was really nervous about therapy being like a oh, let's chat through and find the roots of this in your life. Because I was like, I really don't think it is my life. Mm -hmm. Like, it's anxiety about having a baby and the future of the world and stuff. So it was nice to do stuff where it wasn't like the homework wasn't go away and try and feel better about things or think about (laughs) things. It was very practical practical stuff of like, let's look back at why each of these meltdowns have happened mm-hmm. or like let's talk about specific incidences it we never talked about how i just felt generally mm-hmm. we'd talk about a time where i knew i hadn't liked my behavior because i think that's another thing i really struggle with with anxiety is that i don't feel like a very sympathetic anxious person because when i'm anxious i'm a twat mm-hmm. like i'm a problem i'm yeah. i'm i'm so horrible to my husband sometimes and my behavior I think if friends of mine saw videos uh-huh. of the way I treat him sometimes and the things I say to him, yeah. they would ask, they would beg him to leave me. <laughs> and I'm so aware of that. And I've been better since we sort of sorted out the medication mm-hmm. and, the, and the therapy and stuff, but I'm so embarrassed by my behaviour. Yeah. So that was really good to be able to sit down and go, hey, I ruined a wedding this weekend <laughs> because I behaved like a prick. <laughs> and we'd break it down and go, well, why did you behave yeah. like a prick? And it would be like, oh... Or, like, stuff where when I said it out loud to her, I'd say, like, oh, you know, so there was this wedding that we went to, and I'm I really, I hate going to weddings. I'm fine once I settle in, but I mm-hmm. do have massive anxiety about going to them. And uh, we got there, and the bride and groom, something had gone wrong, and they asked Tom to step in and be an usher or something at the last minute. And I didn't speak to him for the rest of the day because really? I was so angry with him uh-huh. for leaving me on my own uh-huh. in the mingling bit. And as I was... an anxious person, I'm on your side with that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then my rational brain is going, but sweetheart, he just wanted to help some people on their big day. Yeah. You were not the main character that day. Uh-huh. Why were you not a good enough person to just sit there in the corner and accept that you were just going to stand and make yeah. small talk? Why did you have to do that? Mm-hmm. Why is that day, like we don't have many days together because we both work in the arts, you know, we're busy. Why did you ruin that day? Mm-hmm. By and then sort of like breaking it down with her and being like, well, what was it? It was change at the last minute. I'd built my plan of how that day was going to go and Mm -hmm. that plan consisted of me hiding behind Tom and having him answer all the questions. Safety blanket. Yeah. And then he changed the plan last minute, like the little bill pollen broke in Mm -hmm. and I, whoops, I didn't have the antihistamine to calm that. And so it was like, yeah, I wish I hadn't behaved like that and I do have to take ownership over my Mm behaviour. But also... Can understand to a why. certain extent, yeah. those reactions flare up in the same way that skin swells on yeah. some people. Yeah. It's my behaviour swells. It's also usually a great indicator of what 
anxieties you have. Like mm -hmm. mine is very much like yours is about change. I'm very regimented in my routine. Mm -hmm. Everything needs to go to a particular timing like you are with trains. I'll be at the train station two hours beforehand to make sure I don't yeah. miss it. My one thing is airports because in an airport, I don't have control over anything. Mm -hmm. It's like fucking free-for-all Western style. It's <laughs> awful. And I'm, once again, like you, the fact that I've snapped at my wife before because the whole situation has become so intense. And the for me... I get to the airport and everything's fine. I've made sure my train is there, my suitcases and all that. I've got all my passports. I've checked mm -hmm. about 17,000 times. Everything gets checked over and over again. Then the moment you get through those gates, everything else, everything is in, in someone else's control. Mm -hmm. And I can't be dealing with that because I have no control over it whatsoever. And we were stood in um, Gatwick and our pl uh, plane was leaving in about 20... Or the, the gate was opening and it just came open, and I was like, right, we should have been there 10 minutes ago. Like, why are we not there now? Mm -hmm. And my wife just said, I just need to go to Boots very quickly. And I just, my brain just <laughs> melted out of my ear. It's just like, I just couldn't, like, my brain couldn't comprehend uh -huh. why she would be doing that. And we had this blazing row. We didn't speak to each other for a few hours. And we were uh -huh. sat next to each other on the plane, not speaking to each other. <laughs> and I just turned to her and I said, I think I might have really bad anxiety. And she just went, you think? Was just like, it was a beautiful little moment, but yeah. it was like those uncertainties just do really speak over all the rationality yeah. in your brain every single I'm time. I'm so pleased you have said this because now it's making things click in my head and I'm like, it is, it's, it's change. And like Matt said something similar to me the other day. He went, when you're in your like proper anxious moments, he went, you are horrible. And mm. I was like, what? <laughs> I am a beacon of fucking sunshine. <laughs> and I have so much respect for him looking at my face and saying, when you're in those, not, I'm, I'm anxious all the time, but when I'm in those proper spiralled moments, he went, you are horrible. And I was like, like you said, I was like, I am, I am. And I think you take it out on the people you love the most because you maybe slightly take for granted that they're going to pick it back up and they go. So I, I feel safe in a way. I I'm, I worry the same. I think because there's no scale with mental health, is there? No. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's why it's hard to call in sick because of sadness. Because you're like, but what if this isn't mental health? Maybe I'm just weaker than everybody mm -hmm. else. There's no, there's no obvious measurement for it. So it's hard to know when it's okay or when it's justifiable. Mm -hmm. And then you read all sorts of memes and stuff. They're like, you never have to justify your mental health. <laughs> yeah. and you go, no, but in order to get paid every month, I, I kind of do. do. Yeah. I do have to put this into a scale at some point. Like, we can be as understanding as we like, but the world's got to keep turning. Mm -hmm. And capitalism, unfortunately, is still with us. So, <laughs> like, it's, I think it's hard with that. But, like, for me, it's it's this... It's this desire to keep working on it. So, yeah, I don't like how I behave all the time. Or, yeah, I don't like missing gigs. So if I don't want to have to cancel gigs on people, do the self-care at the booking point of that and don't mm -hmm. book them in in the first place and call yes. that your control over it. If I know I'm rude to my husband sometimes, then as soon as I'm not rude, apologise straight away. And I'm so rubbish at saying mm -hmm. the word sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, God, I hate it. I've got that from my dad. But like, and then talk to him about why you reacted like that yes. and how to circumnavigate that in the future. Like, I think, I think consistently blaming the same problems on the same thing for me wouldn't be good enough for the way I want to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind that I'm probably going to still be working out bits of my behaviour and my personality for the rest of my life. But as long as just I kind of eke away at them, that's the important bit for mm -hmm. me. If you had any advice to give your younger self, be it about mental health or how to live your life without misery, what would it be? I suppose it would be to 
to be okay that you don't have to be the worst to need help. I think I spent a really long time waiting to become an alcoholic or abusive or lose my job or waiting for my life to fall apart before I felt like I deserved help. Mm -hmm. And luckily my life did fall apart, so I got help. And I really wish I'd known that debilitating depression and anxiety doesn't always look like it does in novels and films. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted out and I was still going to gigs every day mm-hmm. and I was still going to the pub and I was still writing jokes. But very quietly in my own head, I could not work out how my life was going to carry on Mm -hmm. six months past that day and I wish I'd known a lot earlier that there are levels of depression and that you you might not have an addictive or destructive personality I'm just not a destructive person Mm -hmm. no matter how sad I am I never want to ruin other people's lives oh god you're never gonna trust that allotment (laughs) I'm never gonna throw a computer out of my hotel window (laughs) I'm never gonna scream at a producer and burn all my bridges in the comedy world I feel like if you trust a hotel room you'd be the first to go and apologize oh I would yeah yeah there's anything I can do to help clear (laughs) up just I would so I think if I could go back and tell myself anything it would be that some people are quietly depressed Mm -hmm. and some people very quietly just lose all idea of how to be alive without ever ruining anything Mm -hmm. and therefore showing that what I thought was the main symptom I just Mm -hmm. I don't I don't don't think I would sort of say to myself well you can't be that bad because you're still going to gigs Mm -hmm. or you've still done this or you're still doing this so you can't be that bad and I think I would love to shake myself and go you can't be that bad. I'd also like to go back to 16-year-old me that was offered antidepressants and take them. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I'd known that that, that safety net was there mm-hmm. from a much earlier age because when I started taking them at 30 or 31 or whatever it was and went, oh, my God, these are amazing. <laughs> these take away all those feelings I didn't like. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously they do. Like, well done, you idiot. I wish that that... Because now, even though I'm off them, mm-hmm. but the safety net of knowing in my brain that they're oh, there, yeah. that if that bleakness comes back again, there's something that will just take the edge off, maybe. Oh, man, I wish that had been there through my teens and my 20s. Mm-hmm. But And that was on me for not taking them because, because... Who takes antidepressants? Oh, crazy people. That was 16-year-old Laura didn't want them, but, oh, I wish I'd known. We hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day-to-day life. Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things do get better. All the money we make from ads from this podcast goes to Calm campaign against living miserably if you have a spare quid please feel free to donate to calm by going to dave.uktv.co.uk forward slash calm we've been aaron gillis and lauren patson and um bye catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I don't want this one. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum, Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad, Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. <laughs> 